Yeah, you probably would have got some looks when you got into the church, i.e. wasn't good enough, right? You want to go to the Word of God the same way. Oh, I see, I see what I'm supposed to be, and then learn. But again, I want to be careful because actually I was originally going to name this message the ideal woman. Because really, when you start looking at it, this is the ideal woman. And, but then again, that could be pretty depressing. Right? Wow, why did I go there? Talk about being encouraged. By the way, Proverbs 31, verses 10 to 31, are, there's 22 verses there. It was written by a, the king's mother. Okay? She actually writes it. To King Lemuel, we find that in verse 31, the utterance which his mother taught him, and basically encouraged him, we won't go through it, but encouraged him to be a certain way in verses 1 through 9. She gave him some helpful hints on how to be a better man. Mm, they're good, not, pretty, not really in depth, because let's face it, a mother towards her son, you know, you're pretty good, but these are some things you need to think about. But now she's going to instruct him how to find a wife. This is the type of wife you need. Now think about this, mother, if you have a son. (laughs) And you're going to be telling him, this is the type of woman that you need to be looking for. I, I think of it like this, of myself. Like nobody's good enough for my little Johnny. So she writes. Now again, this is Holy Scripture, so this is what God says. But I find it interesting, it's written by the mother, okay? To teach her, or to teach her son what to look for in a wife. By the way, this is a wife, but then there's also, you see the mother, you see the woman. You, so really, this is not just a Mother's Day message, this is more of, what should you be as a woman? As I said, there's 22 verses from verse 10 to 31, What's interesting is it begins with the Hebrew alphabet and continues down through the Hebrew alphabet. 22 verses, each starting with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So you could say it like this. This is like the A to Z of a godly woman. This is the comprehensive package of a godly woman. And they made it memorable by making an acrostic. So again, a godly woman from A to Z, the, if you will, the ideal woman, not the perfect wife, that's different. This is the ideal woman in the sense that it's doable. And I'm, I'm glad that, he, that the Lord put this in the scriptures, because again, what do we often look for, you as a woman look for in yourself, what, the, what does the society say, what do men look for in a woman? Well, so many times it's about accomplishments. It's not about their virtue. It's about external beauty, sex appeal, common interests, rather than for internal godly worth. So this is a good study because, again, it's going to be exposing, okay. And by the way, you might be a young man here saying, you know, I'd like to know what a good woman looks like. Well, this is what it is. You might be raising a daughter. Well, this is what you should raise a daughter towards. And if your son isn't married and he's looking for the, just the physical beauty, we need to bring them back and say, whoa, whoa, 
Let's see what God says that a woman should be. By the way, let me give you a side note. As you will start seeing this, normally I preach systematically through a text. This is not arranged like that. And you might say, why? Why is it, neat, why is it not neatly divided into parts? And I, I believe it's this, because life is not neatly divided into parts. And you can't say it this way. Well, you know what? I'm going to be a really good mother. Yeah, the husband thing, whatever. You know, the wife thing. being. But I'm going to be a really good mother. No, you can't do that. No, in fact, it's biblically impossible to do that. Like, chuck the husband and just really focus on the kids. You can't be a really godly good mother that way. Or, you know what? I'm going to be a godly person... But, you know, and then it extracts something. No, no. It, because life is a whole. How you are as a godly woman affects how you are as a godly wife, affects how you are as a godly mother, right? Life is, can't be segmented. So again, I think that's why as you look at the text, he doesn't say, well, now, now I'm going to be talking about her being a mother. Now I'm going to be talking about her being industrious. Now I'm going to be talking about her being a wife. It just is all together because that's how life is. Life is not neatly divided up into pieces. But I will draw out a few things for specific. Uh, We're going to look at her, then the wife, then as a mother, and then, well, her overall character, okay? So all those four different things. But I'm just going to be pulling. So, you know, you want to have your Bible, you're going to be, oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, in different pieces of the... uh, in uh, Proverbs 31. Basically, we'll try to state of Proverbs 31, uh, maybe a few New Testament references. First of all, she has strong character. An ideal woman has strong character. That's actually where I'm going to start. Now, again, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her worth is far above rubies. I think it's the New American says, an excellent wife who can find. Now again, she starts out by talking about wife, because that's the reason she's in, this mother is instructing her son. He needs to get married, and he's, she's going to say, this is what a good woman looks like, an excellent woman. This is what an excellent wife looks like. <clears throat> you know, the question is, who can find this type of woman? The impl- it, what's implied is, it's hard. Line up 200 women. You're not going to find them in every one of those. By the way, not impossible, just hard. You're not looking for the perfect woman, although I know when you first get married, you thought you married the perfect woman, right? Well, no, it's not perfect. I'm very glad I I married the woman I did, though. You don't know how many times I go back to, oh, man, I am so glad I married you. But... Not perfect, godly. Proverbs 12 says, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. That shows, you know, worth. And also crown shows direction, but it shows worth. Her strength is both outward and inward. The word virtuous. 
I mean, that has two different things. It means outwardly, it means strong. It was actually used 56 times for an army. It was used 37 times for a man of valor. The idea is she's strong. Externally, she's strong. She has might. She has ability. She's not feeble where she can't do anything. Now again, I am not saying that if, you, if that happens to you, all of a sudden you're not virtuous. I remember someone uh, uh, at, the, at Grace Community Church referring to Johnny Erickson Tata. Do you know who Johnny Erickson Tata? Quadriplegic. Now again, she is in the sense of strength, uh, feeble, right? Quadriplegic. But uh, the, the, the individual was referring to her. He was a man and he was saying in a very uh, loving way, that is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen because of her character. Right? She was truly virtuous. But this mother is telling her son, you know, get a woman who is strong, mighty, have ability. But also that word, in, in, in verse 25 it says, strength and honor are her clothing. And there the word strength doesn't mean physical strength, it means spiritual character. And the word honor means dignity, her quality of life. Is her literal clothing, and we're going to see that in a, another moment from now. The clothing is what you're known for. Okay, I mean, that's the external. And if you look at this woman, that's what she's known for. Strong physically, strong spiritually. But not only that, her beauty is both external and internal. Because the passage says, for her worth is far above uh, rubies. That's verse 10, second part of verse 10. Her worth is far above rubies. Verse 22 says she makes tapestry for herself and her clothing is fine, as, is fine linen and purple. That's the external. She's, she takes care of herself. I think it was my uh, father-in-law used to say, if a barn needs painting, paint it. <laughs> yeah, okay. But there's something to be said about a woman who wants to take care of herself. Plus, she knows she's a reflection on her family, a reflection on her husband. So externally, she, you know, her clothing is fine linen and purple. She dresses up, not dressing up to impress other men. She dresses up because she's representing her God, her husband, her family. But again, her internal is her worth. This is verse 10, the second part. Her worth is far above rubies. She is more valuable than wealth because a ruby is a rare find. And, and again, she is worth far above rubies. It's a rare find. Look at verse 30. Her charm is deceitful. Beauty is passing. Charm there is elegance. But it's not the true indicator. I mean, sure, charm. You can have charm and you can have beauty for time. But bodies change. And so we don't want to just go on because he says beauty is passing. By the way, I didn't say that. He said it. <laughs> beauty is passing. It's like breath. It's like a vapor. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So, you know, her beauty is external. It's not that she doesn't take care of herself, but her real beauty, like I was referring to Johnny Erickson Tata, is the fact that she is a godly woman. She fears the Lord. And we're going to see verse 30 again in a moment. You know, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4 says, talking about the woman, let it be from the hidden person of the heart with an incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. 
that is so beautiful to find someone with a gentle and quiet spirit. By the way, the word gentle is the fruit of the spirit. So she's spirit-led. But quiet means tranquil. It doesn't mean that she never speaks. It means she's tranquil. She has peace. These are things that a man should be looking for. These are things that a woman should be. By the way, these are some of the things. Some of these things should be what a man's. By the way, it's very important that a man understands this because men have a tendency, especially in our society, they're just looking for physical beauty. And in a church, as men, we need to say, whoa, 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 that's not what God... We need to be encouraging our young ladies. No, no. It's a gentle and quiet spirit. That's what you really need to be focused on. Yeah, paint the barn if it needs it, but you know what? It's the gentle and quiet. <laughs> but look at verse 25. What's her outlook? Strength and honor or clothing. That's what we looked at before. She shall rejoice in time to come. I think the New American says this. She smiles at the future. Here's a woman who is confident in her God and therefore smiles at the future. She's not all, you know, like, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, I'm just not sure. The future looks so bleak. I feel so depressed. No. She smiles at the future. Why? Because she's trusting in the Lord. It actually comes out in her countenance. She's not the Proverbs 19 woman, the contentious one. She's the wife, the contentious the contentions of a wife are like a, a continual dripping. You kind of see the, you know, one is smiles at the future. The other side is a continual dripping. Why can't you do more? You know, talking to the husband. Why can't we be farther ahead? Why can't we get something else? You know, continual dripping. Have you ever had the continual dripping? Once in a while we get a, a faucet like that. It can drive you nuts. You know, like you're laying in bed. Drip, drip, drip. I mean, it's almost like Chinese torture, you know? <laughs> no, really. You know? No, 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 no. We don't want to be the... See, in other words, that type of person is a whiner. But the person with a gentle and quiet spirit, she, that person is gorgeous in the, guy, in the man's eyes. And we're not talking about the physical, okay? We are just talking about her character. So that's the first thing. And I, I'm bringing this out in, these, in this order because you've got to have strong character. Oh, no, I just want to be a really good wife. Let's say, you know, when they first came, oh, I really want to just be a really good wife. Yeah, but you've got, the, the, you got to have the foundation of, of strong character. Well, let's go on, though, to number two, and that is a devoted wife. A devoted wife. Not only strong character, but she's a devoted wife. Now, before we look at the responsibilities, things we find out in Proverbs 31, let me just remind you of a couple things. In Genesis 2, Old Testament, obviously, verse 18, it says, And the Lord God said, It's not good that a man should be alone. I'll make him a helper comparable to him. In other words, a man by himself is incomplete. And, and you, we got to grab this. I need a helper. I need a helper suitable for me. See, without the woman, man, even in his perfect condition, was incomplete. Now, because I just read out of Genesis 2, that was before the fall. Before the fall, God says he's incomplete. <laughs> or I like to think of it this way. Adam, you need help. No, you need, not well, he was perfect, but the point is, you need to have that person comparable. Now, again, we've got to be careful. A compliment 
Not a carbon copy. By the way, I'll give you a secret. My wife is different than me. <laughs> oh, who said that? But you know what? Sometimes the very things that draw you, the differences become the very things that start to really irritate you, that start to anger you, that start to make it where I don't want to be married to this person any longer. Isn't that true? By the way, that is why I want, I would love to, I would love to have every one of you couples come to that. What did you expect? That marriage series. I know, I'm giving you another uh, promo. But the point is, is because our heart It's like he said in there. We get married because she makes me feel good. She's going to meet my needs. I love me so much, I want her in my life. Right? I didn't get married to her saying, I'm just going to, you know, I'm here to serve. I am here to lead you to serve. You know, well, yeah, I mean, I had some good motivation, but there's all this other stuff. See, compliment. A helper suitable, not his carbon copy. As Wayne Mack said, she is to man what a key is to a lock and what film is to a camera. There's a compliment. Makes the camera work. Indispensable. I've got to look at my wife as that way. Godly foundation. But now... She's my helper. New Testament. Let's go to the New Testament for a minute. Titus 2.4 says that they, in Titus 2, he's talking to the older women, that the older women admonish the younger women, and then he gives them some things, that, and one of which is this, to love their husbands. And you say, well, that word love is probably agape, and you know, obviously you're supposed to love everyone. No, no, actually it isn't agape. It's not agape, it's philandros. It means to be a friend to your man. Okay, this is what he's saying. Or yeah, this is what Paul is saying to Titus to teach the older women to teach the younger women to do this. Learn to be a friend to your man. But you say, well, I married him because I love him. Well, yeah, but sometimes in the marriage itself you we lose the, the friendship. And by the way, this becomes real obvious when the children leave the home. You'll know if you're a friend at that point. Because sometimes, while you, the ch- children were in the home, what happens? You know, all your love is being poured out to them, and he's just there. <laughs> Why are you there? Oh, that's right, you're bringing in the check. Um, no, no, no. No, no. We, we teach, the, Paul tells Titus, Titus, in your church, make sure you get, you, you get with the older women, and you make sure you instruct them that they help the younger women, they, being the older women, help the younger women to be a friend to their husband. That there is this close bond. By the way, that this is a priority relationship. A priority relationship. Let me say something very important to you. That this is a priority relationship. I always try to teach in parenting class and even in our own family. You know, uh, back in 1980, what was it, five when we had Ashley? Ashley came into our family, perfect child. Actually, I thought I was a perfect parent because of her. You know, never cried, sit over in the corner. Well, changed when Cody came along. He was a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more strong. Um, but the point is, is so and I got married and we were holding hands and then my, my uh, Ashley came into the family and then I had to drop my hand and I grabbed her hand and she became, and the circle got bigger and then Cody, Carson, Caleb, you know, Caden, Amber, 
Colton, and before long, like, so I can hardly see you. No, she's holding me right here. But the point is, the circle got big. Well, Ashley finds this guy. And now she's gone. Well, I'm glad she did. Um, I dropped her hand. And I dare say in the next few years, I'll be dropping some of the other hands. <laughs> Until finally, it'll just be my wife and I. Now, that's important to even visualize. Because that's how life is, right? By the way, at a certain point, if the, if the child doesn't find, you know, then you have to, well, maybe you have the gift of signal, singleness, but do you have to live here? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but the point is, the point is, is that what is the prior relationship in my home? Right there. My wife's soul. Which means, older women, make sure you tell your younger women that the priority is not the child. It should not be a child-centered home. And you know, we all say, well, I wouldn't have a child-centered home. It's very easy. And by the way, I would encourage you, if you're a parent, ask someone else that's truthful and wise. You gotta, they, they have to have wisdom and they have to have truth on their side to ask the question. I'd ask them, do I have a child-centered home? <laughs> And hopefully that person will tell you the honest truth, yes or no. Because sometimes I see people saying, oh, I don't have a child center home. I'm like, really? You don't see what's going on? No, we all can fall into that very easily. So again, that's what Titus is told by Paul to tell, you know, be a friend to your husband. Be a friend to your husband. Why? Now again, in, in marriage, it's not easy. 1 Corinthians 7 says, The one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. The point is, and again, priority relationship. You know, that's really the focus of the wife. By the way, the focus of the husband. What is the husband supposed to do? To love her like Christ loved the church. Wow, that's, you know, you ever want to be, <laughs> you want to ever feel really small as a husband? Just remember that verse. So I'm supposed to love her like you, Lord, loved the church? Wow. (laughs) Then you have to remember grace very quickly. God gives grace. Okay, well, let's get back to Proverbs 31. So she's a devoted wife. She is, number one, loyal. Verse 11 says that the heart of her husband safely trusts her. The husband trusts her. The husband has confidence in her. Because she has earned the trust. She has proven herself to be trustworthy. She has similar values. Perhaps she didn't come into the marriage with similar values. Most likely, yes. But she she has learned this is a unit. We are a priority relationship. So we will learn together, but we will learn together. And therefore, he trusts. When the word trust, it means he trusts her discretion. In other words, she's not going to be uh, trying to catch the eye of some other guy. He trusts her discernment. He trusts the care of, for his interests, his home, his children. Because distrust eats away like a cancer. So he just trusts her. I mean, he trusts her <laughs> with the credit card at Christmas time. Yeah, honey, go to the mall, have fun, see it. 
You know, I always laugh because I can kind of know how her day went, you know, after that particular day when she goes, when she goes to the, you know, Elmira Mall and, you know, she left like at 9 o'clock in the morning and now she comes stumbling in around 12 o'clock at night, depending on the size of the smile. Big smile, she got everything accomplished, i.e. money was spent. Small smile means I got to go out again, you know. But do I trust her implicitly? She never calls me. I, I trust whatever she, if she thinks it was a good deal, it was a good deal, you know. But why did you have to buy four? <laughs> See, she's loyal. Look at the second part of verse 11. So he will have no lack of gain. Like, he's not going to wake up one day and say, you've been what and I'm in how much debt? She is supportive. She's encouraging. Verse 12, she does, does him good and, and not evil all the days of her life. You know? During the good times and the hard times, during sickness and health, and richer and poorer, she does him good and not evil all the days of his life. Because she is on his side. She stands beside him. She stands with him. She is for him. That's the whole... So she is loyal. And finally, she is supportive. Verse 23, if you go there, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. See, she is supportive. When he sits among the elders, that's where the leaders were. That's where the, 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 the town came together. He is known in the gates. Why? Because she's standing right with him. In fact, I'm sure the guys are saying, boy, I wish I had married her. So she is supportive. So she's got a godly foundation. That's her strong character. She is a devoted wife. That's her priority relationship. Now let's go to a third one. She's a diligent worker. She's energetic. She, by the way, I would say she loves her work. Look at it at home. She's industrious. Verse 13. She seeks for wool and flax. By the way, the wool there, he's talking about the, the, the raw wool and the raw flax. And wool you would use for cold weather and flax you make into linen for the summer so what he's saying is she gets the raw material because she's looking ahead and she's going to be uh, refining it to the point of thread and then to the point of actually uh, making the garment and whether it's cold or whether it's hot her family will be provided for she's a self-starter though (laughs) <laughs> because you can't do that when, you know, oh, by the way, two days from now it's going to be 32 degrees. Oh, i got to get that wool out. i got to get that sweater made. No, she planned ahead. She's a self-starter. By the way, it only uh, snowed in Jerusalem, they say, once or twice, or once every couple years, you know, in that so, But cold, it would get cold at night. So she was a self-starter. Verse 13b says she's industrious and willingly works with her hands. She takes delight in it. She pleasures. You know, you go into her house, it's not like it's a disaster zone. Not the same old dirty dishes that were there three days ago. By the way, I know, I understand children. Aren't children a lot of work? And sometimes, you know, the dishes do stay in the sink. And well, whatever, honey. I think this is where a man needs to step in and say, you know what, this is how I would really like our house to be. But one of the things my wife has helped me with, and I mean this seriously, I come from a home where you could literally eat off the floor. It was always clean. And my wife has helped me, you know, John, do you want a house or a home? And we have seven kids, and these kids are running around, and do you want me to spend my time with them or always with the dishes? 
she made the right choice. No, spend it with the children. Yeah, if, um, you know, there's always paper plates. <laughs> and by the way, our home, you can show up anytime. I mean, it's a neat place, but it's not immaculate. That's not the issue. It's got to be livable. But, but I'm telling you, men, this is where men, you've got to step up and you've got to say, this is, what, this is what we need, and then help her in the process. And not put such a big burden. Boy, I can't believe you didn't. What? No, no, no. Work together. It's a joint decision. This is the standard of the Prince home. And I love it. It's where I, how my kids will say, but why do you come in sometimes from work? And then when they were younger, it was literally like this. I would open the door, shut the door. Carson, I want you to do the first uh, room. Caden, I want you to go and, you know. So then she had to step me back and say, you know what, wait a second here. Do they even like you coming home? <laughs> so, anyways. She's a planner, verse 14. She is like a merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. By the way, to bring food from afar means you had to plan it. The idea was from different locales. and She was consistent. She rises... Uh, also while it is still night, that's verse 15, and provides food for her family. Wow. You know, at home, she's a diligent worker. But then, also look at, she's entrepreneurial. Verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. This is being an entrepreneur. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. So, she, she considers a field, she buys it. And then from her profits, she plants a vineyard. <laughs> so that word consider means that she's thinking ahead. She's, she's using her resources and multiplying. She's got a cottage industry. She organizes, manages. Verse 24, she makes linen. Do you feel pressure already, women? Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. There again, she's making something with her hands. And the merchants there is the word Canaan, which means... It's, it's talking about the Phoenicians who literally had ships that would go around the Mediterranean. So her products ended up all over there because she was buying and selling. And By the way, you might ask, now what did she do with all the profits? Verse 20, she extends her hand to the poor. Yes, her reaches out, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She's compassionate, she's generous. So... She earns, she's self-disciplined, but then she shares. She's looking out for others. By the way, she's looking out for the Lord, she's looking out for her husband, she's looking out for others, she's looking out for her children. She's selfless. And she's a faithful mother. Faithful mother. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, uh, is an interesting passage because it says she will be saved in childbearing. You know the passage I'm talking about? Saved in childbearing. It doesn't mean that she gets saved, literally sins forgiven because she has a child, but what it means is this. She was the one that, that deceived and Adam fell and there could be a big blight plus she's the weaker vessel and like you're second class citizens, but let's face it. We need a woman to bring a child into this. Uh, and every time a, chi- a woman has a child, it just implants, it should have been planted in all of us. She is not a second class citizen. She shall be saved from that stigma that could have been on women for bringing down Adam. And no, 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 no. There's equality. 
motherhood. Boy, what a, what a privilege if you have a child that you have that. And I trust that you still believe that. Man, what a privilege to have a child because many times people can't. Sometimes they can't, sometimes they won't. Sometimes they look back with heartache in their heart. But, you know, I go back to Titus chapter 2, verse 4. Again, remember the older women, what they're supposed to admonish the young women to do? Love their husbands. But it also says the next part of the verse, to love their children. Now, again, that word love is not agape. It's not that. It's, it's the word um, to be a friend of their children. Now, again, we're not talking that you don't discipline your child. No, definitely in the earlier years. But as time goes on, make sure that you keep your child on your team. That your children love you. Now you say, well, that's just natural. No, it isn't. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes by the time the child gets to be 20, I can't wait to leave and never come back. That's sad. But here it's, you know, in Titus, to love their children. Don't be child-centered. By the way, if you want to drive your kid away from you, be child-centered. They'll think the whole world revolves around them. They'll leave and say, I don't need you because everything's about me. So we gotta have uh, uh, we gotta be careful. As one man said, it is not so much that a that a woman's place is in the home, because really our your place is in the home that her response, but that her responsibility is for the home. And there's a lot I could say on this. It, it does say in First Timothy that you're the keeper of the home. It's not, the, and I got to be real careful because I know in our society it's very hard to live without two people working. And then we have a lot of single parents, a single woman having just to try to survive. What do you mean? How can I be in the home? I've got to provide. But I would just say be careful with this one thought. It's not about, and this is where men, we need to step up to the plate because sometimes the wife is working specifically because of our loss. What do I mean? Our desires. I'm going to have two new cars. I want this, 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 and this. And if we're going to afford all this, you got to work. Whoa, whoa. Where is your responsibility? Your responsibility. You know where your greatest influence, if you're a mother, you know where your greatest influence is going to be? That child. Because though I love my children, I definitely know my wife has had greater influence on my children than I have had. Well, because you're a bad father? No, I'm gone a lot of the time. And you can always tell this. I've told you this story a number of times. You know, if we ever get into a little tiff, all the children start rallying around mom like little chicks. No, the big bad wolf is trying to hurt mother. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Verse 15. She rises while it's yet night and provides food for her household. Verse 21, she is not afraid of snow. See, she's a provider. Not afraid of snow, why? Because her household is clothed with scarlet. Verse 22, she makes tapestry. That's for the beds, the pillows, the mattresses. I mean, things are really laid out well. She makes the home, the house a home. But her clothing is fine linen and purple. Not only is she a provider, she's a mentor. Look at verse 25. Strength and honor our clothing. We looked at that earlier. And she rejoices. She smiles at the future. Her kids feel secure. That's her clothing. She has strong character. Verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom and her, on her tongue is the law of kindness. 
kindness, not deceit, not anger and all that. And then finally she watches over her way, uh, the ways of her household. household. She watches, she's alert, she's not lazy. Careful, be careful, be very, very careful if you have young children not to do this. Child, i got to go do some work, so you sit right here. Oh, by the way, let me turn on the TV. By the way, let, let the world indoctrinate you for the next two hours. i got some work to do. Hey, I've been there, done that. We've been there, done that. Be careful. You be very careful. I'm not saying there's not some good videos. I mean, you know, here, go watch John MacArthur for two hours. (laughs) Summary. Summary. Just four simple things. One, an excellent woman. What is that? Do you notice how many times she's looking for others, serving others? She's loving her neighbor like herself. She's not looking for glory. She's looking to serve. But because she's looked to serve, she hasn't looked for the glory to come back on her. But, the, but, but she's, going to be, she's going to be exalted now. See, that's how it works. You try to get glory, you don't get it. You serve people, you serve God, and the people rise up and call you blessed. So that's the first thing. She's very selfless. Number two, her children. Verse 28, her children rise up. The word rise up means it's an activity that has the idea of preparation. In other words, they don't just rise up quickly. They think about what they're going to say. They rise up and call her blessed. And that word blessed is in the PL, intensive. They thought about it. And I've, as I told you, the PL is like this. Uh, glass, drop, break, you know, a few pieces. PL, take glass, smash. That's intensive. When it says that the children rise up and call her blessed, it means they've got it all and they are so full of wanting to tell her exactly how much of a blessing she is. So her children rise up and call her blessed. They want to revere her in the right sense. They want to honor her in the right sense. Why? Because she has sacrificed herself for her home, for her children. They want to say thank you. You have a mother... I trust that you're going to call her today. And think about it before you call her. Even grandchildren should rise up. Because that word actually, children, is not just for children. It actually can be used for grandchildren. So I think it's generational. Hey, Grandma, just want you to know I love you and I'm so thankful that you raised my father the way you did. By the way, that's be, that you need to teach in the home to be grateful, Right? Why? Because she has the influence. Honey, thank you for having such great influence on my children. And then thirdly, her husband. Her husband also blesses and praises her. That's in the intensive as well, the PL. He's praising her. And he's probably speaking on behalf of the entire family. You know, First Peter says that husbands live with the wives in an understanding way. He knows her. He's not like blinded. He understands her faults. Oh, I can't really praise her because I know their fault. No, no. But is she growing? Are you thankful? Husbands, do you thank you? I trust you seek to say something very, very nice, loving to your, your wife every day. 
So her husband blesses her. That's not just not on Mother's Day. They didn't have Mother's Day. This is just ongoing, constantly. Many daughters, he says this, many daughters and even granddaughters and daughter-in-laws have done well, but you excel them. You're superior to all of them. Why? Because he knows her. But then finally, she is, she is all this because of verse 30. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Why is she all this? Why is she everything that's there? Because she fears the Lord. Because she loves, loves the Lord, loves Jesus, loves God, loves his word, loves his people. It's not about her. That's why, that's why she has been successful. It wasn't about her. It was just about serving people, getting, providing for people, providing for them spiritually, providing for them emotionally, providing for them physically. So that's how she stands before the Lord. By the way, if you're looking at your life and saying, you know what, I've, I've gone in some really wrong directions, maybe today's a great day to start a new direction. Maybe it's with your character. Maybe it's with, maybe if you're married, how you deal with your husband. And husbands, how do you deal with your wife? And if it's a mother, you say, you know, but my child doesn't... It might be this. You might have to make, uh, uh, repair some fences. Confess your error. But you can do that. Because again, I, I believe our God is a God of, as I love this, fresh starts and new beginnings, isn't he? Isn't our God a, a st- fresh starts and new beginnings? So again, I, I would hope that this is an encouraging lesson. <laughs> this is a message, you remember what Paul says? Not that I've already attained. Not perfect, but I'm... And so now we've seen the mirror and we've said, okay, this is what we need to be. Both women and men, I would hope, not just about the women here. There's a lot of things. Because one of the things I want you to know about this woman, her man blossomed her. A man can be either a tremendous blessing and blossom his wife or can be a real detriment to her spiritual growth, emotional growth, physical, and everything else. So again, it's a two-part. There's a responsibility on the man's part as well. But again, I trust that it's an encouragement. And you say, okay, these are some things I need to consider. Not everything can change tomorrow. I hope you walk out encouraged. Say, you know, I got some things I got to work on. I got some things, Lord, by your grace, I want to see in my life. And Lord, I'll trust you to put those into my life because I know what the ideal woman looks like now. Let's stand as we close.